Hello and welcome to Reasonable Disagreements, a Hoover Institution podcast on law and policy. I'm Adam White, an assistant professor of law at the Scalia Law School, and I'm joined, as always, by Hoover Institution's senior fellow, Richard Epstein. Richard, how are you? Well, I'm a man who's very interested in the state of the world. So, Richard, it's been a little while since we last chatted, and a lot has changed since our last podcast. I mean, you think back to midsummer, and we were talking about the Mueller, import, the Mueller report and the possibility of impeachment, and now we're talking about Ukraine and the possibility of impeachment. So, surveying the field of the last couple of weeks of, dis- of uh, debate over um, what President Trump did or did not do with respect to Ukraine, what do you make of the current debate over uh, his actions and impeachment? Well, I mean, first of all, to go back to the Mueller report, I think it bears on this. Uh, his public presentation after the report, uh, by common consent, was a complete dud. He clearly was not in charge of the facts He constantly tried to read rather than to think and to speak. And essentially, any effort to try to go forward on the Mueller report for the impeachment, I believe, came to a grinding, irreversible halt at that particular case. Uh, The criticisms were in many cases scathing. The comment I liked best, because I thought it was the nastiest, was uh, we knew that Mueller didn't write the report. Now it becomes perfectly clear that he hadn't read the report. And so at this particular point, the Democrats were still convinced that there has to be some kind of an impeachment hearing, not all of them, but many of them. Uh, What they do is they find the whistleblower and all of a sudden matters turn off uh, to the Ukraine. And the first thing I constantly try to remind myself is that there is a standard for impeachment set out in the Constitution having to do with high crimes and misdemeanor. And I find it very difficult that under any circumstances, any particular communication that the president has as part of a routine business with respect to a foreign dignitary uh, could contain that information. I find it even more incredulous to think that it could happen when everybody knows that there are basically probably 20 or 30 people, 10, 15 people perhaps, listening on to this call from both sides, that's not the environment in which you can make covert contact. It's also an environment in which essentially Trump is very good at this and Zelensky's not bad at it, is I'll stroke you if you stroke me. And it turns out that these guys are basically affirming the fact that they're going to continue to work together. And they take, in points that are not mentioned in most of the discussions, uh, Trump takes the opportunity to slam Angela Merkel on the grounds that the Germans are not doing their job to foister up the defenses that are taking place. And I wrote a long column on this on the Hoover Defining Ideas site on Monday in which I said, I just don't see how uh, this kind of stuff adds up to the sorts of things that they want to do. And that in order to make this go, what you have to do is you have to rely on a double hearsay report uh, by an unidentified party giving his own characterization of the transaction, starting off with the notion that it turned out that Trump pressured Zelensky. That's not the way I read the transcript at all. And my view is that the whistleblower has to drop out of this equation entirely because the document on which he based everything is now publicly available and you have to make your own judgments about it. There's no reason why you have to rely on his. So I think what's really going on is the Democrats still are intent upon impeachment, and this now becomes the new article in which it goes forward. And as usual, it turns out if they're trying to figure out who's going to come in to help uh, the Democrats over the top in these cases, it's none under the man's own worst enemy, Donald Trump, 
who will start to tweet out, lash out at other kinds of people when what he has to do for the nth thousandth time tell him is just to be quiet. Uh, there's nothing about the document that would sink him. Uh, it is quite possible by the time he gets done with his histrionics around him, he will make the matter much more dangerous than it really ought to be. You know, after so many weeks of, of not chatting, I was worried we wouldn't have much to disagree with, but disagree about, but I, I couldn't disagree with more with so much of what you just said. Um, I mean, first of, first of you all, you should be impeached. Huh, well, I, you know, I, somebody should be impeached. Um, no, I, I don't know if president Trump should be impeached for this, but I do think that the things that we've seen so far definitely make a prima facie case for at least some sort of, as Nancy Pelosi calls it impeachment inquiry, although who knows what that actually means. I mean, just in the basic premise that, as you said, of the president, the things that he, the things that he says in the course of, of routine diplomatic communications are not the subject of, can't be the subject of impeachment. I mean, this is, there's nothing routine about this. I, I, we'll have to see maybe what President Trump meant in the words that he used with the Ukraine prime minister. We'll have to figure out whether this transcript, which isn't actually a transcript, is accurate. But there's more than enough here to suggest that he was trying to leverage the power of the United States and its foreign aid simply for the sake of of uh, continuing an investigation into the man who was until recently his primary political opponent, Joe Biden. I don't I, see that at all. I uh, mean, I read you, but I did like you quote the material in the situation. It's quizzical. Maybe he's a, the master of subtlety under these circumstances. But he says, oh, by the way, when we're talking about all this stuff about corruption, um, Joe Biden's been bragging about this, which indeed he was. You could play the clip. And then he says, you got to figure out what's going on here. Now, my view about that is uh, a perfectly formal request overtly through channels which did raise the particular question of Hunter Biden's relationship uh, to the Ukrainian company, his relationship to the government, is certainly something which is of common interest to the United States and to um, the Ukraine. And it's clear that the United States cannot conduct an internal ongoing. Uh, the Democrats are quite willing to investigate everything and anything uh, that goes on overseas with respect to the original Mueller inquiry. I think turnabout is fair play. And I don't even see particular malice in this. I regard it as a kind of a half a throwaway line. I certainly, certainly don't regard it as a, a either you do this or I'm going to take after that. Now, there may be something somewhere else that you can do. But remember, the whistleblower had no invitation, information anywhere outside of this particular document. Uh, and he's not releasing his sources. We don't know what he knows, how he knows. We can't curious at him. All we do know is he has an anti uh, Trump bias because that's stated in the intel in the inspector general's report. So I don't see anything here that sparks an inquiry unless you want to open up every confidential call that the president has with a foreign leader because you could always find suggestions and innuendo of this sort. I, I think it takes just a willing suspension of disbelief to look at what's in this transcript, assuming it's a transcript, and think that it isn't clearly aimed at President Trump trying to leverage the nation's power against this political enemy. I, I'm trying to bring up the transcript now to see the exact words, but if I remember correctly, President Trump wasn't even the one who mentioned Joe Biden, right? He brought up the corruption issue. It's the Ukraine president. Who's no, it was, Biden. It, was, it was Trump who raised the Biden name. That Trump raised it by name? Yeah. Like, okay. yeah. I mean, he said towards the end, oh, by the way, is what he said. 
Um, and and you know, the stuff that he did, there's some portions of this thing which are absolutely incomprehensible. Uh, and the favor, he said, is, you know, we've got to get to the bottom of everything that's going on here. And you literally cannot understand what Trump is saying. I mean, it's incoherence uh, is the only way in which to describe it. But the actual sentence he said uh, that we're talking about is here's I'll read the full quotation. There's a lot of talk about Biden's son, that Biden stopped the prosecution. And a lot of people want to find out about that so that whatever you can do with the attorney general would be great. Yeah. Biden went around bragging um, that he stopped the prosecution. So if you can look into it, it sounds horrible to me. Right. Um, I mean, and you're right. I, I have it up now, too. But even so, even with him bringing it up, the fact that President Zelensky right away jumps in and says, I'm knowledgeable about the situation. And yes, the next prosecutor general will be 100 percent my person and we'll look into this. These are not the sorts of things that the president of the United States should be saying to a foreign country with implicitly U.S. support and maybe even financial support at stake. Well, this- I don't see the implicit. I mean, when when Trump is not a subtle guy, uh, he's going to basically make this a quid pro quo. We did talk about military stuff early on in which Zelensky, in an obvious effort to do this, um, started to essentially take the position, we're buying some more of your missiles. Yeah. That's what he said. I mean, I I think, in effect, the way I read this, it was a kind of a slightly unctuous love fest with everybody in front of him. I just don't believe you have implicit threats when you're in front of 20 other people. Threats are something you do secretly and in private. It's not something you do in a general meeting like this. And if, frankly, if I were the editor of the New Republic and somebody asked me to write a piece as whether or not it makes sense to investigate Joe Biden's son and his connections, I would think that it's perfectly okay to do that. And indeed, several people who are commentators on the liberal side, Bill Mayer, said exactly the same thing. Well, for, you I, do, I mean, maybe we should impeach him. You you do agree that what Trump is talking about here is just a flat misrepresentation of what actually happened, right? That sent that then Vice President Biden, with the backing of the world community, the United States, did push the Ukraine to uh, to, to sideline the old prosecutor, a prosecutor who wasn't looking into corruption. And what Vice President Biden did here wasn't in his son's interest; it was against his son's interest. Well, we don't the know. Entire, the entire premise of this is off. And I got to say looking at just even the words on the page and the way that President Trump circles around this only very briefly before digging right in on Biden. Again, I think it takes a willing suspension of disbelief to not read this as an implicit New York City style uh, you know, arm, arm twisting. It's like a nice, you know, nice neighborhood here. It'd be a shame if anything happened to it. When somebody says that, they generally don't mean it earnestly. And we all well, understand I, I, the subject. I, I, just, I, I just think you're reading too much sinister stuff into something which doesn't bear that particular arrangement. What happens is it was quite clear that there was admitted corruption in Ukraine. Uh, the new guy gets elected on an anti-corruption situation. He's putting in his own fellow. The truth about the matter is we have no idea as to the relationship between Burisma and the old prosecutor. It may well be that they were not looking into Biden under these circumstances, that is Hunter Biden, uh, but it may well have been that he'd given a pass to that country. It may well have been that they had not given a pass to that country. Uh, all The statement is completely aimless, as far as I can tell, and I don't see in this particular thing any kind of implicit threat uh, that we're going to do something to you. It's just utterly out of character with the rest of the conversation. Uh, why would he want to make such a threat? You want to make a threat to somebody, you don't do it in this 
particular setting. It's basically the random dissociative kind of talk that's always associated with Trump. I, I don't think, in effect, that you can kind of treat this as though it's a, a mafia situation. Do this or there's an else. I just don't see it in this statement. And I don't think it was meant in that particular way. Uh, relationships between the two of them had been reasonably cordial. That was the whole point of this phone call. And this element is completely at a disjunct with everything else. This was the two of them getting together to slam Angela Merkel, right? Because she just doesn't want to contribute to NATO defenses. That was the thing he wanted to talk about favors. The favor was not to get dirt on Biden. The word dirt is a strict commentator edition. It's nowhere in there. And I think, in effect, that commentators who quote two words and don't quote the rest of the sentence are doing a grievous misservice to everybody. You have to read the whole thing in context. And they basically take these words and the summaries are unrecognizable if you go back and you read the document. It's mine. Okay, so we're, I'll just have to agree to disagree on, on basically all of that. But even since, hence, we have this podcast. But even setting that aside, even if President Trump, when he was bringing up Joe Biden and Joe Biden's son in this conversation, even if it wasn't a threat, surely you'd agree that even just bringing up his political enemy and asking and, 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 and urging a foreign leader to investigate that political adversary on its face is wrong, whatever his intention. I, I think the, pre the president should err in the other direction, right, and not even come near this sort of discussion. Well, let's suppose that, remember, we're talking about two things. As a matter of fact, of course, he should not have said anything about that. But on the other hand, you're talking about whether this is a high crime or misdemeanor. Yeah. I just do not think you can try, draw the slightest inference. And what you're doing is now you're implicitly creating the number that a man who's known for his lack of judgment and tact always is creating impeachable offenses under this. Um, I would like to get some of Obama's conversation. And I think you can impeach any president 10 times over under the standard that you're trying to use. And in fact, what's going to happen is do we really want to open up from executive privilege every confidential conversation that a president has uh, with the leader of a foreign nation? Because if your standard is enough to trigger, quote, an impeachment inquiry, whatever that means, then virtually every conversation every president has will have some delicate issue on that. God knows what we've done with Australia with respect to where we're going to intern various prisoners. Are we seeing President Trump putting leverage on there? I mean, you could just keep on going. Again, so but, I, but 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 not as, but, but not well, involving his, fine. not not involving his political enemies, right? We're not. It's not that President Trump is having a diplomatic conversation about mundane topics. It's that he's talking about a variety of things, including no, his main political adversary. No, adversary is not the same as enemy. And in fact, you know, my view about this is I don't even understand which way the politics run. It's quite clear to me that there's a very serious probability that uh, Joe Biden is going to basically crater for two reasons. One is whatever he stood for as middle class Joe is yielding under the progressive onslaught, which is pushing him to take more and more left wing positions, which will make him less dangerous, not more dangerous in the general election. And secondly, there's just too many verbal glitches, twitches and so forth that's going on and his own behavior is itself is essentially the question is not now whether Joe Biden can win. The question is put very differently as to whether Joe Biden could hold on. Yeah. And I think that was clear even in late July that this was not a guy who was going to go from strength to strength. So maybe the clever Trump should want him to be the opponent so we could beat him. My view about it is that Democrats, by raising this to an impeachment question, have essentially going to drive away all the independents because they don't believe that if he gets into power, that is the Biden or anybody else, there's going to be anything other than a vengeful coup against everybody and anybody on the other side. They will take no prisoners. So to my view about this is, yes, 
The way Biden has responded, by the way, has been ungracious and not particularly effective. If you look at the clip with Biden, he was boasting. I mean, this guy was having the time of his life when he did all of this stuff. And, you know, who knows what was going on? It was a straight boat. Oh, we got rid of that guy. And what did he do to get rid of the guy? He made a threat to withhold aid. Yeah. Right. We, now, yeah, but is that an impeachable offense? If he were president of the United States and he went over and he said, either you get rid of this prosecutor or we won't give you a an explicit quid pro quo that you're willing to overlook. There's no shortage of, of quid pro quos I'm in favor of. I have a list of the ones I don't like. And one of the quid pro quos I don't like is the quid pro quo where the quid is the 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 the, the resources and, and support of the United States. And the quo is going after the president's political adversary. The, you know, the irony in so much of this is that in the early days of the Trump administration, how much did we hear President Trump complaining about FBI investigations around his campaign? Mm-hmm. Complaints about, you know, they tapped my wires and so on. And now we have literally President Trump um, obviously, you know, encouraging a political investigation into his political adversary. And he's gleeful about it. You mentioned the clip. You know, we're recording this the more, the, the afternoon of October 3rd. And this morning, President Trump made some statements uh, to the press. We have an audio clip of that, um, if we could plug that in right now. Well, I would think that if they were honest about it, they'd start a major investigation into the Bidens. It's a very simple answer. Uh, they should investigate the Bidens, because how does a company that's newly formed and all these companies, if you look at and by the way, likewise, China should start an investigation into the Bidens. Because what happened in China is just about as bad as what happened with, uh, with Ukraine. So I would say that President Zelensky, if it were me, I would recommend that they start an investigation into the Bidens. Because nobody has any doubt that they weren't crooked. That was a crooked deal, 100%. He had no knowledge of energy, didn't know the first thing about it. All of a sudden, he's getting $50,000 a month. Plus a lot of other things. It's it's you know history doesn't repeat itself, but it rhymes. And here we have a a, yeah. re, a replay of President Trump, then candidate Trump, saying, "If the Russians are out there and they can hear me, I hope they'll look for what was it, the Hillary emails, the DNC emails." Yeah. Except now, it, except now, President Trump is doing it, and he's President Trump, able to leverage the power um, and and might of the United States on a global stage in favor of pursuing his. Well, look, look, let's make two things. When this is not this, this surely, is not surely you're against this. Surely against. Surely you're against what, pre- what President Trump I think, said. Look, let me just say the I what you're hearing now is not what he said. This is typically Trump double downing on what was said on July 25th because he never backs down from a fight. He just goes and takes it over and over again. But again, let's do two things. One is the president should not say this. I fully agree with that. It's not an impeachable offense. But let me suppose that it turns out that the National Review said that. Yeah. Well, at that point, by the way, the thing you have to remember is it's right. Everything that Trump said substantively, if said by something else, turns out to be true. It is totally outrageous to have a situation in which you see the son of a vice president taking on a political office for enormous sums of money in an area in which his father exerts primary influence. So let me put it to you this way. 
Um, if Biden's son had done this and his father had known it had not stopped it, uh, would that be subject to an investigation for the impeachment of Joe Biden? The impeachment of Joe Biden? Yeah, he, because I mean, he, this is a, the levering the use of his office because he certainly did it with the threats later on. And probably if you found out that the son Hunter was appointed because President Biden said it would be nice if my son got this job or some situation, you would investigate that. I would assume that that would be impeachable under your definition. No, no wait a second. I, if, if Joe Biden didn't stop his adult son from taking a job, I mean, obviously Biden's son, Hunter Biden, should not have taken that job. Well, and right? the, that's, and that's, clear, that's clear. That's obvious. Um, I don't know. Should not have let him take it. His, let him let him take him. He's a grown man. To quote no, the no, Oklahoma no. football state coach uh, Mike Gundy, he's a you know Hunter Biden's a man. He's forty. There's nothing that Senator uh, Vice President oh, Biden can do to stop oh, him from I'm taking the job. All the time, with my own children, I said you can't do this. It's going to embarrass something that I have to do. Of course, you could say you may not be able to say it to a total stranger, but you can say it to your son and say this just stinks. And so what we have to assume is that Hunter Biden kept this from his father until it was publicly announced. Because if his father was told about it and basically gave his quiet acquiescence to doing this, it necessarily puts him in a terribly compromised position in dealing with this. And that's what Bill Mayer said. I mean, I find it just almost unapologetically too sympathetic to him about this particular mess. And one of the reasons why you don't want him to do it is if anything should break down in the United States and Ukraine, they could always point to this exactly what they did. So what Trump did is he took this quote, which was kind of nebbishy, and then he kind of defies. Then when you start to do, you listen to the indictment, what you do is you come up with the opinion he should not have said it, but if somebody else had said it, you should follow it up and investigate well, I want to be very clear here. If National Review or whoever um, issued an editorial saying that foreign governments should investigate Americans, I don't care who the American is. I don't care what their political valence is. I don't care if it's Vice President Biden's son. That's not the kind of thing we should be encouraging. Asking for communist countries or dictatorships or even a country like no, the Ukraine to investigate Americans. That's that's it's it's it's. Bad for any American to call for such a thing, I don't but it's especially so. bad for the for the president of the United States to call for foreign countries, especially the Chinese communists, to investigate Americans. Look, I mean, I, I, that is beyond stupid. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not denying. Look, I regard. Look, I have said this from the beginning. Uh, remember, as of January 2017, I wanted Trump to resign. Because I hate to have a situation where he puts himself into the possible situations which he's done. He's his own worst enemy. And in fact, the situation has become completely intolerable because he's just made it worse um, on this by doubling down. But on the other hand, I simply do not think that that's appropriate. So, for example, uh, we get Barack Obama coming up and saying, announces that what I regard as clearly meddlesome in foreign affairs. He says, we want the British to know that if they decide to vote for Brexit, we're putting them at the back of the line. Mm -hmm. Now, what's your attitude towards that statement? Oh, of course the president. I mean, I don't necessarily like the policy. But I mean, um, could he but, say that? He's trying to interfere in the domestic affairs of another country. 
Oh, yes, of course. That's Again, Richard, that's not my, my complaint here. It's not that President Trump was in a diplomatic negotiation with Ukraine over matters of public policy. It's that he, he crossed a red line that no president should cross in encouraging a foreign government to investigate not just an, an American, but to investigate an American who happens to be, you know, the, the son of the president's primary political adversary. That's my complaint. Well, and my complaint is that would be right if it were chosen out of the air. But remember, it's a more complicated situation because there are grounds that an independent person making that same recommendation could not be dismissed out of hand. So what you're saying is it's wrong for the president to do what anybody else might legitimately do. That changes the complexion of the case. This is not a situation where he goes in and says, I would like you to investigate Hunter Biden. What yeah. he does is he predicates it very carefully. He says, Joe Biden has been bragging about all this stuff with respect to Hunter. Yeah, which and, of course isn't true, but. Oh, yes, it was true. But, but there's no question that that clip that, was, that, that I played in my little thing in which he's in front of these three people and saying, well, he spoke to these guys and he says, either you decide to do this or this $1 million, billion dollar guarantee is disappearing. You've got six hours before I'm on this plane. Either you cough up or you don't or we're out of here. That's boasting. I mean, and he was proud of boasting because at that particular point, he thought this thing would never blow up in his particular face. But it was completely untoward conduct. I mean, you talk about, you know, do we want to bluster and, you know, attack other nations? That's exactly what he did. He said, either you change the prosecutor or you're not getting the aid. That's an explicit quid pro quo. It's not this nebulous stuff that our friend Trump has said. And I'm just going to ask you, if he says something like that and the year is 2015 and he's still in office and this becomes public, what is your reaction? You have to say it's illegitimate given everything else you said. But you, you're, you're being too kind to, uh, to Biden and too harsh to Trump. I dislike them both. And I regard that as truly objective. You keep comparing – so you- just to back up, you keep comparing this to what if other people said the things that the president said. No, I'm also and, saying – I have two remarks. That's yeah. one. And the other one was what if you had caught Joe Biden on this thing? Why didn't you call him on it when he makes that statement when he's still in office? Oh, yeah. If President – if President – or sorry, Vice President Biden um, was caught you know, leveraging U.S. power and resources to, advan- to advantage his – friends and to punish his enemies, then yes, of course, that would be impeachable. Of course it would be. Well, we I, don't, don't, I don't see any indication of that. Impeachable. I think, yeah. in effect, what happens is he boasts. We have no idea what his motives are. So let's put it again. He said all this stuff. Yeah. The question is, would you have an inquiry to figure out why he did it? If Joe Biden did? Yes, because you yeah. don't. he doesn't state the motivation. All he says is, I got rid of this guy. He could have been a good guy. He could have been a bad guy. But if you're talking about investigations, how do you keep Biden from being investigated for impeachment under your stand? Well, yeah, again, on its face, Joe Biden removing the prosecutor, the, 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 I think the most straightforward reading of it is that it actually was against the interest of his son, not in favor of it. You but have no case- idea until you know everything about the way in which the internal politics of the Ukraine go on. So what well, happens is you're prepared to take a facial statement yeah. at full value. When Trump says something which is nebulous, you're prepared to read into it all insidious motives. Well, yeah, now, I'm prepared to read insidious motives into both of them or either of them. But I don't think, in fact, you'd want to do an impeachment investigation of either of these two. And if I had to pick one, 
one of them. I would pick the Biden one because the use of naked American power to change the internal politics of another nation is something which is extremely dangerous, even if it doesn't involve, quote unquote, your presidential opponent. I just, I mean, I, it's I, really I, very bad, meddlesome kind of behavior uh, to do that. Um, and of course, Obama approved of it. It was quite clear because one of the things he says, you don't think I do this. You call up the president. He's going to tell you exactly the same thing. Now, maybe he's right about all of this, but, you know, the question is, is the statement sufficient to give a question, an inquiry? It's very different from the statement of whether it's finally there. And I just don't think that the Biden statement that Trump made on July 25th comes close to the one uh, that Biden himself made earlier on when he was bragging. Yeah, I, th- I think I think President Trump's words are far worse than what Joe Biden said. I think what President Trump did is far worse than, or what we as what we know of it seems to me far worse than what we know of Joe Biden's. And setting aside all of my disagreements with what you just said, at the crux of the matter, you said, if I understood you correctly, that it's worse for a president or vice president to leverage American power to get involved with the internal. Um, operations of a foreign country, that that is worse than for a president to leverage American power to get a foreign country to investigate an American. I just disagree. Well, I think what, what is he was, doing? I mean, he said, look into the entire matter, and there's Joe part of it. And it's Joe Biden. He did not say, I want you to come up with dirt on this. Let's be clear. The way in which this thing has been characterized is they read the word dirt into a statement, which was not written that way and was probably carefully phrased in the opposite. And I mean, so what happens is the way in which it comes out is that uh, Donald Trump pressured Zelensky to find dirt. That is not a fair rendition. The oh, word favor, which they use way in the beginning of this thing, is occurs you know, 300, 400 words, 10 minutes before. It's an illicit compression. I, I have no idea. I wish he had not said this kind of thing. But if you're trying to figure out whether this is an impeachable offense, I just don't see that you get within a thousand miles of this when you're talking about inferences, credibility, background context, and nothing else. And nothing, of course, ever happened with respect to this stuff, um, as far as we can tell. If President Obama said the same thing to a foreign leader, encouraging that leader in 2015 to investigate one of Donald Trump's sons, nobody in the Republican Party, nobody would be making the sorts of arguments well, that are being not, made right now in favor of President well, Trump. Well, look, I'm not a Republican. I didn't say you were, but I'm just I saying mean, I would not regarding everybody else. I mean, you start looking at the kinds of things which have been traditionally the subject of impeachment. Yeah. Uh, they're sort of overt public events that are the facts are true, and you try to do the inferences associated from this. Um, this is not Watergate. This is not Clinton. This is not Stanton. Uh, when we had on, you know, Andrew Johnson was impeached. So you're going to have a, an impeachment hearing, which is going to turn on credibility and context. Yeah. I think you cannot ask for anything more dangerous than that. So Particularly I, since the Democrats themselves are so you know, bloodlusty in terms of the way in which they do that, that they're willing to put without any independent substantiation, the worst reading on every phrase that they interpret. I just don't think that an impeachment inquiry would go that way. I was against the impeachment of Clinton because I thought it was silly. I'm against this stuff. I would not want to impeach anything that Joe Biden said. I think you have to pay a political price for these things given the lack of uh, decorum. 
But I don't think, in effect, that this is a grounds to remove the president of the United States and to create genuine political uncertainty. Because if you do it in this case, there'll be a dozen cases every year that could warrant the same treatment. No, and, I don't. I, I I disagree with that too. Oh, I don't. It's going to be, I don't. Th- I don't. You think have so. not looked at every single call that has ever been made by anybody involving involving foreign leaders and and, and political yes, I mean, he makes hundreds of calls like this. I hope he doesn't make hundreds of calls. No, hundreds of calls Biden. They talk about issues of mutual concern of right. one kind or another. And right. Lord knows, I suspect in those you will find a fair measure of cases that have some very dubious sorts of behavior. So again, I'm going to say this. I'm never a fan of Trump. If he were to disappear tomorrow, that would be fine. I think particularly a year before an election, a kind of a impeachment inquiry on these kinds of statements is going to be the most divisive and destructive thing you can do in the United States. I also think it will cost the Democrats whatever chances they have of beating Trump because people will see this as revenge. They will not see it as independent inquiry, given all the other things that the defendants, the the, the Democrats were prepared to do, i.e. to go after him with Mueller. And I think, you know, we disagreed about that. I think the Mueller report was worthless. And I think that was perfectly shown when he got up there, inarticulate, that he couldn't even figure out what it was that he was talking about. And the whole thing dropped. This one won't drop. It's too close. But you are, I, you, are, you are much harder on people like Robert Mueller than you are on the president of the United States. And well, I just no, don't I mean, get this. Look, I, You're I much mean, more forgiving in the, th- in the way he carries himself. I'm he not. Cost- I, I told you, I, I'm not. I, I didn't want to impeach Robert Mueller. I don't want to charge him criminally. I thought he did a terrible job in running this thing. I think Trump is generally his own worst enemy. I've said it from the beginning. His public persona is so toxic that I would be glad for him to leave public office I was in favor of his resignation as of 2017. That does not strike me. I write articles about Trump with the heading Trump's trade travesty. No, I know. That's true. That's true. I'm I'm not. Look, I regard the man as very dangerous. The problem about it is when, however stupid he may be, he is right on many issues on which the Democrats are wrong. And the Democrats say, basically, their position is, um, look, we got Donald Trump in there. We know he's a personal jerk, so everything he does has to be wrong. So he's wrong on climate change. He's wrong on foreign trade. He's wrong on taxes. Well, I think he's wrong on foreign trade. I think he's right on the climate stuff. I think he's right on the taxes. Um, to me, I've used the phrase Trump a la carte. Um, you can't basically take the whole menu. You've got to look at particular items. On balance, the fact that we're having this kind of heated conversation is, I think, very powerful evidence that he does more harm than good in sitting in public office. But I think you can only compound this by treating his infacilities, his boorishness, and his general stupidity on many issues as an impeachable ground. And that's what's happening. So the Democrats bait him, and then he rises to the bait, and he says something even more stupid publicly. By the way, of no consequence whatsoever, everybody had figured out that you do or do not want to make an investigation of the Bidens in Ukraine long before his October 3rd remarks, that is the marks of this morning. So this is all window dressing. Uh, But it does indicate a kind of a guy whom if you bait him, he's going to rise to the bait. Um, and that is an incurable defect of the man. It's in his DNA. You could coach him a thousand times and he's still going to be the same buffoon that he's always been because he's not used to dealing, to put it mildly, with diplomatic stuff. And I you know I really regret this, but I, when I wrote my article, it was not writing this about the October 3rd thing. I was yeah. writing it about the original memo. I think he's made his case worse, but he always does this. Trump is his own worst enemy. But it's one thing to to sort of take a step back and talk about how Trump is his own worst enemy, and he rises to the de- to the 
to the bait. But I think he's not just a presidential candidate. He is the president of the United States. The Constitution vests and Congress vest in him immense powers. And um, and watching this, you know, my, my friend Jonathan Last, uh, formerly of the Weekly Standard, now the Bulwark, has a recent article where he talks about the real danger of of the country going growing comfortable with the president of the United States throwing around words like a coup or um, treason, right? Especially a word like treason that has real legal content and real yes. legal meaning. Um, this this is this is not just sort of a, a, a TV character. It's the president. And so when we look at things like the impeachment provision, you know, it's high crimes and misdemeanors, which as I understand it, and, and you can correct me, is I think very broadly understood as being a term, a phrase that's not, it's neither limited to, to, to crimes, nor is it, does it include all crimes. It's something slightly broader, as, as, as Hamilton said in Federalist 65, it's, yes. um, it's offenses which proceed from the misconduct of public men, or in other words, from the abuse or violation of some public okay. trust. And that strikes me, I don't know if President Trump should be impeached for this. Again, so much of it comes down to inferences regarding what he said and the impact of what he said, and again, all of this against the backdrop of the fact that there's a presidential election coming up. Maybe the people ought to be able to decide. But I definitely think it's 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 a, an impeachment inquiry is justified to sort these things out. Wow. I, think, I think what he's what what what's at stake here is much worse than what was at stake with President Clinton. Much worse than what was at stake in um, President Johnson, and maybe even worse than President Nixon. Because here again, you what? have. Targeting, targeting political, you know, the going after political enemies. But at least Nixon relied on some third-rate burglars and not, you know, communist China sense. and Ukraine to investigate his enemies. Yeah, and not only that, and then covered it up. Yeah, what he was impeached for. No, I mean, I think that gets it all out of it proportion. Uh, the Clinton thing was stupid. The Nixon thing was bipartisan. But let me just go to your first point. The thought that somehow or other this country has been callous and indifferent to the extreme statement. This place is in a white-hot frenzy over this particular issue. So he has provoked a political response, the likes of which you've never seen before. And you start talking about rhetoric. The Democrats have a slightly different style. Yeah. So what they do is um, uh, the head of the committee – oh, what's his name again? Schiff. 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 Schiff he yeah. gets up there. He's very pious and yeah. accuses the president of treason. Right. Right? I mean that's what he did. He said, right. look, the most sacred obligation you have is to secure the defense of the United States. And he reasons to this one comment, a willingness to sacrifice all of that for public situation. Right. So what happens is you get a guy who sounds like a lawyer, he sounds judicious, but that charge is a charge of treason. And you're perfectly fine with that. No, no, well, not at all. I think Schiff should be voted out of office. Well, no, I didn't say that. Should he be impeached? He's, I hold the president of the United States to a higher standard that I even hold uh, uh, congressman, especially because there's only one president and he is the one, the one with a constitutional duty to fine. take care that the laws are faithfully executed. And it turns out Schiff is the one who is going to be in charge of any investigation that takes place, yeah. who will never resign because there are obvious charges of bias that can be brought against. Yeah. I mean, so look, I, I think that this rhetoric is happening on all sides. I think that it is terrible that it takes place. 
I regard the president as inexcusable for being such a bore. Uh, but I say the same thing with respect to Adam Schiff, because this is a man who should know better. One of the ironies was is that the Republicans are playing with something, um, pictures of Nadler and Pelosi in 1998 talking about the sobriety and the seriousness of impeachment. And mm -hmm. why are you going after Clinton for that? Uh, they're not sounding like that today. They are oh, sounding right. like a people who really want. So you may even think that you're right, but watching the way the Democrats are doing this, uh, this is basically a huge, um, how do you even describe it? It's, it's a witch hunt, to use Trump's favorite word. It's a vendetta of the worst sort. And the problem about running an impeachment inquiry under these circumstances is the Democrats will run it, the Republicans will try to obstruct it in one way or another, I am sure, and that the entire process will be a complete farce. There is an election coming up in 14 months, and that is much the better way to do this my own view about it is that the, me, I don't like Trump. I didn't vote for him last time. I probably will vote for him, notwithstanding all this horror next time, only because I think whatever the Democrats put up is going to be a lot worse than Hillary Clinton. And I may even change my mind on that. But I, I mean, we have to come to an end on this show. Uh, but if you're talking about impeachment, this is nothing that's going to look remotely like a judicial trial before fair and impartial situations, knowing that your chief nemesis is going to be your prosecutor in chief without any checks and balances on what he says whatsoever. The old wisdom that impeachment should require bipartisan support seems to me to be correct, and you don't see it here. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we got we, we got very heated during today's discussion, but like I said at the beginning, I'm so glad that we're getting to do this again. So am I. Uh, Only got to go this topic. <laughs> you know, we uh, um we, we were hoping to get to judicial legitimacy and the attacks on the court, but uh, we'll, we'll save that for next time. Okay, we will certainly do that because we went on for a long time, about 45 yeah. minutes. Well, I hope uh, whatever listeners are still left, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next time. This podcast has been a production of the Hoover Institution. For more information about our work, please visit hoover.org.